Now, I know we've done a, a full episode on it in the past, and I believe yet uh, last week you asked me, like, gut reaction, like Apex or Fortnite, and you said Fortnite, I said Apex. Uh, we, did, we did a full episode on both Apex and Fortnite, but I want to talk about Fortnite for a moment because um, I, don't know if she, <laughs> I don't know if she's going to be a skin or if she's doing a concert in Fortnite, but Ariana Grande is going to be in the game Fortnite, and... Now, I don't know anything about this woman other than she was on Victorious and then did Thank You Next. Uh, are you familiar with her really at all? Uh, Ariana Grande or Ariana Grande? Uh, yes, I suppose, depending on where you live, you might pronounce it in either of those two fashions. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard of music. I know that she was in that one. There was a show that she was in on the TV. Uh, I, I believe that was Victorious back in the day. It was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she played the the ditzy one, right? Correct. Yes, yes. But Justin, I'm not here to talk about Ariana Grande. Like I, I'm gonna. I would embarrass myself if, if I was I'll trying to ask, talk like, about Ariana like, Grande. If I, if I like started no, like asking no. the right questions. And and that's why that's why this intro has been so like I think and like I believe <laughs> because I'm not uh, a a I'm not particularly familiar with her work outside of a handful of things. But my question to you is. If there were to be like a real life person put in as a skin in Fortnite, so not like a character because, you know, Master Chief's in it, Kratos is in it, uh, Aloy's in it, like not a character, but like a human being that w- that is going to be put in Fortnite, who would you want to be? Who would you want to play as? I would definitely want to be a hobbit. Okay, Justin, you, that's not the question. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's fine. Like, yes, I agree, and I want to go here with you, because I think that would be very fun, being a Nazgul. Right, yeah. Or the, or the Witch King of Agamemnon. Right, yeah. Um, I, I agree. Hobbits are also very good, but I feel, I feel like hobbits uh, have an advantage as they are smaller. That's true. Harder to hit. Yeah. Well, I mean, their hitboxes would be off. You know hey, what I mean? Hey, <laughs> drop my, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, but a, a, a person, like a celebrity, a, a human being, who like is there someone you would want to play as? Uh, like a real life celebrity. I think it would be fun, like if you could be like any president. Like you could buy all the presidents, like forty six. Oh of them. sure, like pre- presidential pack. Yeah, yeah. forty six different presidents, or I think there's... correct. Was, yes. Wasn't one like yes. not consecutive term, so it's still even though it's President forty six. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I read a I book think once. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, um, I haven't. Also, <laughs> um, <laughs> all the presidents. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Like you could have like who is the best president of all time in the battle royale, and it's not anything based on policies. It's just who is better <laughs> it's just, it's, at uh, yeah, the building, building, and no scopes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, my choice, my choice, I believe, is Steve Irwin. I think he would be a lot of fun. I think he would have some good voice lines. Um, yeah, I remember but, uh, hearing that. I was listening to ESPN radio at like one in the morning and on ESPN radio, they were like, yeah, and some sad news. And I was like, what? Said, I was not expecting those feelings at that time. No, no. I watched uh, this past week or maybe the week before was Shark Week and his son, uh, who I saw once, IRL, um, he uh, did a Shark Week show where he was swimming with some sharks and it was a delight. He seems like a very fun person, but uh Justin, we're not here to talk about sharks as much as I could for hours. Um, you know, I went, uh, yeah, you know this. I went, I went, I tried to do the shark cage diving, um, but no sharks decided to make an appearance. It's all good. They were a little shy. I get it. I get that way too sometimes. So maybe I'll go back at some point in my life. No, but we're not talking about sharks today. No, we are talking about video games because this is Hitbox. What's in the fucking box? We'll be right back. 
Welcome back, dear listener, to Hitbox episode number 53. Like, I was thinking about this as I was editing the show last week. This is technically the, like, the first, this is technically the first episode in season two of Hitbox. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this might be, this might be an off-podcast question, but, like, is it better to number them, like, in totality or in, like, seasons? Totality, because that's how I'm doing it on the, <laughs> our, our uh, distributor. I re- I noticed recently that it allows you to do seasons if you were a show that did that, and I was like, oh well, we haven't been doing yeah. that. So no, it probably, probably makes more that. sense too to just go through the whole thing. Like, because I, I I'm yeah. a I'm a fan of Good Mythical Morning, Rhett and Link. I've said this before, but they just filmed yep. their 2000th episode, but they have oh my seasons gosh. on top of it. Isn't that crazy to think 2000 episode of Good Two- Mythical Morning? Two thousand. Yeah. Jeez. That's a lot. It's a few years. Uh, or something like that. Anyway, my name is Peter Huntsbitek, and joining me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. We're going to talk about some things today, including The Last of Us TV show on HBO, the potential delay of Horizon Forbidden West, and Halo Infinite. But before we get to all that, Justin, I do want to talk to you just a little bit about the the games that you're playing, not not the games we're talking, not the games we're thinking about, not the things that are on our radar. But what are you literally playing this week? Have you ever played the game Titan Souls? Uh, no. Well, I, I played the demo of it. I, tr- I had it running on my the, my little MacBook that could <laughs> uh, in in my freshman year of college. But uh, so I played the demo of it, the free demo. But I did not. Um, so for those of you ha- who it. haven't, it's like a kind of a top down uh, isometric um uh boss rush game when basically you're just beating different bosses to progress in it like there's some light puzzle solving between it but it's mostly bosses it's kind of like a like a sprite based shadow of the colossus yeah yeah i think that's a good that's a a good comparison for it well there that was made i believe by like two people so first of all that's crazy (laughs) yep (laughs) um and their studio i think has grown a little bit since then but they recently came out with their new game death's door have you heard anything about this game death's door i've heard unrelenting praise for death's door over the past like week and a half uh it looks cool but i I assume you played it i did i beat it it's great you should play it um like so death's door um is uh also a top-down isometric game but it's also like a cool almost hand-drawn 3d cell shaded looking art style and you play Hmm. as a little crow a magpie is that the same type of bird crow and a magpie no anyway uh mag i would rather fight a crow than a magpie oh is there a reason Magpies will fuck you up for no reason. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in in Australia, they wear bikers. So during it's called swooping season when people get attacked by magpies, oh. which is always a very cool thing to happen in front of a bunch of people when you get attacked by a bird. Um, but p- bikers will wear um, their bike helmets, but they'll put zip ties on in the holes so that they they just have spikes coming out of their helmets to protect them from the from the birds that are just attacking them constantly. It's a weird country. Go on. So you're a crow. Okay, slash so magpie. you're a crow. <laughs> okay. Um, and basically, like you work at this like very like drab business office, and your job is to basically collect souls of people to help them pass on uh, to the next world. Okay. And the the way it works is that if you have a soul assigned to you, you basically start to slowly age and eventually you'll die until you collect it. So the goal is to collect the person's soul or the mm-hmm. creature's soul um, before you get too old and die. Uh, then you basically get your first assignment and you kill it 
you're about to get its soul, and this other crow basically steals it away from you. You follow okay. that crow, and he takes you to this thing called Death's Door, and basically he says that his assignment was lost in that door and that he needed other large souls in order to open it. So the game is basically you trying to collect enough souls to open that death's door in order to make sure that you don't die. <laughs> mm, okay. And the game is not, there's no time limit on it, so you could just, like, st stand there forever and you wouldn't age or anything, so there's not, okay, like, okay, that, okay. like that, that rush. But, like, that's kind of the setup of the story. And you basically have to fight these three bosses to collect their souls, and uh, then once you get all their souls, you open death's door, and, of course, there's more story after that. But the game is kind of like a mixture between a Dark Souls and a Metroidvania, and I guess some people have been saying Zelda, um, and I can see that a little bit, specifically like 2D Zeldas, uh, but you go around uh, and it's a lot more combat-based than I would say like a Zelda game is. It's a lot, it's a lot more like, mm -hmm. you know, dodging at the perfect time, reading um, enemy uh, attack patterns and things like that, and the game could be pretty brutal at times <laughs> like yeah. it is hard to like memorize these patterns i think if there's one thing that that made it difficult for me is that the patterns aren't always predictable it seems kind of random sure. at sometimes like you'll have enemies that will uh both like lunge and dive at you and it's really not like clear when they will use either one of those attacks mm -hmm. so it just kind of messes things up um but unlike a Souls game, when you die, you don't lose souls. Oh, okay. Which is good, because then you don't feel bad for dying. And in fact, yeah. some of these bosses or some of these encounters would just take forever to beat. Um, and the the gameplay is, like, I think, pretty awesome. I love the exploring. It's a good mixture of exploring to boss to just combat in general. Mm -hmm. um, the game is beautiful. The music is just this, like, haunting kind of... Uh, soundtrack that plays the whole time, but also kind of fun and mythical while also being a little bit spooky. Hmm. Um, and uh, I, it's just really fun. I, I would suggest you playing it. I played it on, it's available on PC and Xbox, not okay. on Game Pass. Okay. Uh, and it's 20 bucks. And it's just a really fun little game. I, I highly recommend it. it. It It reminds me a lot of Hades, in a way, the way the the combat uh, goes in it without the roguelite aspects of it that make it okay. kind of frustrating. Because I think one of the things that really turned me off when I was playing Hades was the fact that I could be like, you know, playing a game for like 20 minutes, get to a place where I keep dying, and it would take me 20 minutes each time yeah. to get back to that point to learn about the boss's patterns to get better at it. Whereas in this game, sometimes you're you're taken just seconds before the boss battle so even if it took me like 20 times to beat a certain boss it's still like i felt like i was making progress on it plus there's a third of the game is made for exploration too and i kind of like that hmm. so you have okay. your downtime in between like really stressful times um and like the post game stuff is actually pretty cool there's like uh, you, there's basically an ability that you get once you beat the final boss that changes the state of the world from like day to night hmm. and it just changes a lot like there like during day there's a big snowstorm raging and raging in one of the areas and then at night the snowstorm is gone and allows you to do more exploration that you couldn't do before um so there's a lot of like post-game content i would say that this game would be something i might platinum if it was on a uh playstation <laughs> system sure except for the one 
trophy is that it be it, on ultra hard or whatever. There's no ultra hard on it, but there's a, a there's an umbrella weapon that is like basically a nerfed version of your regular weapon. It does like half the damage. It like doesn't like swing okay. as fast and stuff. That the uh, the achievement is beat the whole game using that umbrella. Got it. And I don't know if that's what I want to do. I was watching uh, the completionist. Uh, do uh, talk about uh, this game and he, he said that uh, he wants he tries to beat games in as little like effort as possible uh, little effort as he, little like time as possible him. yeah so he he did the whole game with the umbrella and he said like yeah I really had to learn the combat systems and I was frustrated playing it with regular swords that were powered up and everything I could yeah. not imagine playing that game from the start with an umbrella um, but uh, yeah I, I highly recommend this game I would say if you if you like these kind of little mash of games play it because this is definitely one uh that is worth playing and talking about well i will say that there is a void in my gaming life at the moment so this sounds actually kind of perfect between releases right now because it's, it's like bites not bite-sized but it's like it's not like super long right uh, i think i beat it in 11 hours and then yeah, i okay. put like three hours afterwards in and there's still more i could do but it's a little a lot of the stuff at the end like i thought there was a bunch of new boss battles but it turns out it's the same boss battles just mm. in a different skin kind of thing so got it, got uh, it. but yeah it, you probably beat the whole game 100 in 17 hours well okay, cool, cool. maybe longer if you start with the umbrella umbrella yeah, yeah. did you and you played this on xbox sorry yeah, I played it on my Series X. Nice. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, th- this this may be something I check out. It sounds kind of like it's right up my alley. Um, but I uh, I finished <laughs> Scarlet Nexus, and, Justin, I got that platinum. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, it was seven hours of grinding. Oh, <laughs> um, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, like, there are modifiers that you can do where you can... Uh, like increase the amount of XP you get from defeating enemies, but only by like 0.2%, mm-hmm. which is like not a lot, but it's enough for me to be like, okay, well this will make my time faster by 0.2%. Um, <laughs> yep. Yep. So I, there are, there are modifiers to do it of 0. 0.2, 0. 0.5 and 0. 0.8, but to get 0. 0.5 and 0. 0.8, like the requirements are higher um, and not always achievable, but I did it. I did it. And uh, Justin, ask me if the ending of the game is any different after completing both the stories. Probably not. It's not. Yeah. Nope. So uh, I was thinking there would be something, but no. So I, I finished that and I got all the, I sent all the gifts and then uh, collected that platinum trophy. Thank you very much. 55 hours. That, I mean, that's not terrible for a platinum, but it's terrible yeah. when you consider that your first playthrough is like less than 20 hours or 20 hours. <laughs> It was like 20 hours, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, it was the seven hours of grinding that was not maybe so fun. But well, what can you do? Hey, at the end of the day, like, I enjoyed the game and I wouldn't have done the platinum if I didn't think that just playing the combat for seven straight hours, not straight hours, but seven hours would, would be satisfying. And it is. So what, uh, it worked out. What would you want? Like, because the game kind of ends with a, a, the idea that there could be a sequel, right? Uh, it ends with the idea that there could be a sequel for one character <laughs> and the other character would just have the most boring life ever. Do you, do you, can I talk about this or, or are you like, I, I mean, I don't think seat? you need to spoil the end. I think, I think okay. people should, I, people should play it. Like, even yeah, though yeah, like yeah. you're, you're the, the story of the 35 hours extra to get the platinum might scare people off. I think it's a game worth playing. I think one of the things that gets you through the gameplay specifically on that first one is the story. 
Like, that's one of the, the selling points for me. Yeah, I, and I would say that if you are going to play this game uh, and only play one of the stories, play Kasane's. Because her story is much more interesting and her character development and growth is much more interesting than uh, Yuito's. And I liked Yuito enough, but like when I was playing through Kasane's, I was like, oh, it would have been cool to learn about this first with her as yeah. she is a more interesting part of this world. But. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that with the exception of the very beginning of it because the very beginning, I think uh, uh, Yuito is the more interesting character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the yeah. very beginning. But then, like, once you get to, like, the, the moment of change, then it becomes Kasane's story for all intents and purposes. Well, and I think the cool part is that, like, with at least in my experience, a lot of these games, uh, typically for me with, like, JRPGs, the characters are very stagnant when it's like, oh, they are just this caricature the whole time. And so if you pick this up not knowing that, like, oh, no, these characters do grow and change, like oh, Kasane's this, like, unfun, uninteresting person, but she grows into this more, like, heartfelt team player, which I think is cool, but for those first hours, yeah, yeah. If, and if they you don't really know develop, that she's going to change. They develop that story really well, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 but... Yeah, I mean, what would you want from a sequel to make it not so... Uh, if you're going to do the dual narrative thing, make it worth it to do them both like i was thinking like how could you have changed this and i think it could have been cool if the whole time in yuito's story kasane was a much bigger antagonist because what happens with, with yuito's story is like she shows up, and you saw this because it happens in her story as well but she shows up you guys fight and then someone says like hey we're on your team goodbye and then you run away yeah and it's like yeah okay and then you get dinner with you know, Kyoka or whatever, like the other people on the opposite yeah. side of the Why civil war. Why do you want to kill my friend? They don't even bring yeah. that up, really. <laughs> no. So, so like, if if she were, if her and her squad were like antagonists, and at the end you find out like, oh no, you have been on my side the whole time. Playing through her story then would be interesting to learn like what was she do like why was she attacking you why was she doing all this stuff if she was trying to help you the whole time but instead like basically the whole time you know that she's not actually a bad guy but um yeah th that that's so like the sequel if there would be one i would want it to have a more meaningful dual narrative as opposed to just like two characters experiencing the same story like in a slightly different order yeah i think what i would think that made this game so much better uh would be if the care you could play multiple characters and they actually felt significantly different like with their powers and yeah. stuff like that because i think there are differences between a kasane and yuito when you're playing with them but they're still for all intents and purposes they use the same magic they use the yeah, same, same like the same powers general. yeah so if you could do it like in a way where final fantasy 7 remake allows you to actually control the other characters as your main mm -hmm. characters that might be something that would just give it a little bit more fun and you could try more combinations of stuff so it wouldn't get so repetitive after hour 55 but um yeah i i definitely agree but yeah it's a good game but we've talked about it for four weeks in a row so i don't think i need to tell you more about I'll beat it one day yeah and if you, it sounds like you got what you're gonna get out of it and the only thing left is finding out what happens to all of it. And the story, yeah. I think, is interesting enough. But yeah, my my own my own dark soul needs to finish it. You know. Yeah, I I do I do know what you mean. Uh, I also I dipped into Flight Sim, not on the Xbox. A lot of people, I mean, it's it's out on the Xbox now for on Game Pass. Um, uh, uh, excuse me, on consoles. Uh, but I didn't play it on there. I played it on my PC. And that that game is so fun. I flew over my house, and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna explore different parts of the different countries. And then I realized that like. Oh, yeah, it's like flying a real plane. Like, 
it's, it takes the same amount of time as like a real plane. Yeah. Um, it, that, that's cool, but um, what am I going to do with this? Well, you, <laughs> you, can do, like, you, you can do what I do when I'm on a plane and just play the Switch. I guess so. Just Which try doesn't seem like... <laughs> doesn't seem very safe. Yeah. Uh, I, I discovered that you can. Um, you can do a barrel roll. <laughs> oh, okay. With uh, any plane or just some? Uh, well, I, I didn't try out a whole lot of planes, Justin. I, I tried out just a few. Uh, but the ones that I tried out, every time I was like, all right, well, what am I going to do to make this interesting? Well, I guess let's try a barrel roll see if we die. I uh, did not. No, we, we did just fine. Cool. Did you? Uh, can you get the? What's the the Star Fox ship called? Can you fly that? Uh, I don't know what the Star Fox ship is called. Uh, I didn't see, but I also don't. Perhaps there's some sort of DLC. I know they're doing Top Gun DLC, which is funny. Um, so perhaps <laughs> good old Fox McCloud and um, Slippy, Slippy, and um, who's the who's the bunny? Buster, Guinness? I made that Bu- up. Yeah, Buster's the bunny from Arthur. <laughs> after, after 25 seasons, that thing's that thing's getting put in the ground. Oh, anyway, they're ending it. They are. They are. Cool. And I, a bunch of people on Twitter were being like, "I'm heartbroken." I'm like, "When's the last time you watched Arthur?" It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you been playing anything else? Yeah, I put some significant time into uh, a new game on the Game Pass. I've been an Xbox boy for a while, man. Um, I know, called The Ascent. Oh, yeah, this was at uh, E3. Yeah. Um, so for for anyone wondering what The Ascent is, it's another top-down isometric game, except it's okay. like a, a, a twin-stick shooter. I believe that's mm. what you call it. Um, sort of. Uh, it's a twin-stick shooter RPG game-ish thing. It's not a roguelike. It's not whatever. It's just, you know, you're going through a story. And it's set in this uh, cyberpunk world. Mm -hmm. And the world is actually way better realized than the world in cyberpunk 2077. Go figure. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I mean, there's like people like like there's a bunch of like people walking around and creatures walking around. Things do. There's a lot of movement that's happening as you're going from like city to city or whatever. Um, And it's kind of cool because basically you're all like you play as a character who is just basically um, someone who has to work to earn his freedom. It's kind of like you're an indentured servant uh, servant. Um, Mm -hmm. And you kind of go up from being at the bottom level of this place, which is like the sewers, to slowly moving up to the top levels of this city, which are like where all the rich people and the one percenters are. And you basically just go around and complete tasks and your tasks are all centered around what happened to this ascent group, which is like the big corporation that suddenly went bankrupt. So okay. it, the, that's how the story sets up. So you have all these warring factions that are trying to take control of this city now that the ascent group's not there. But then what actually happened to them? And um, is it something that they were doing? Like, did they actually go bankrupt or is something else going on? And there's a lot of sure. cool intrigue and stuff. And the game itself is addictive i almost said fun but it's really more addictive and it's like gameplay thing of it because it 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 really does a good job of never making you have a place to stop (laughs) got it (laughs) it just kind of keeps having you going um but this game is actually really hard uh for a lot of it and i think part of its difficulty is not so much in in its gameplay as much of its 
design. I think a lot of its design makes it harder than it should be. Um, basically, the only way I can get uh, progress in this game is by using the rocket launcher nonstop because you have like uh, you have different weapons that you get that you can level each one up with like specific components you find around the world um, but like the machine guns do like I don't know like 20 damage every bullet um, mm -hmm. and then the rocket launcher does like 496 per yeah that'll get you per there, blast huh? right, right. And, and then I was like reading stuff online and people were saying how it's very hard and I'm like, it's not hard if you use the rocket launcher. Like that was <laughs> if you're like, using the rocket launcher. Yeah, like, that was like right. it was like a gameplay, like a game changer for you, make it kind of fun. Um, but they do like weird things. Like they'll introduce the fact that robots are weak to electricity without actually telling you that. So mm -hmm. it would be a problem if I was using bullets. But because I'm using a but rocket launcher, rocket I don't launcher know any matter. of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the the RPG mechanics, like, you actually feel like every time you level up, you get three skill points that you can put in things like your balance, your aiming, your reload, your vitality, your power. Um, and you feel like every one of those, you're actually getting stronger in those areas. Like, my reload is super quick now and awesome. Um, and then you have, like, different augmentations that you can use that significantly change how you play the game. Uh, like, you have uh, you have augmentations, and you have, like, these special, like, energy powers that you can use. So, like, your augmentations, like, changes how you, uh, how you dodge roll. So instead of mm -hmm. it just being a slow dodge roll, you kind of teleport. Um, oh, cool. Or you can choose to, like, uh, increase your health with the, with that augmentation or something like that. So you have a couple of choices that you can significantly change your character with and your gameplay style with, uh, depending on the situation. Uh, and then you have, like, uh, your, your abilities, I guess you call them, that it can be summon a turret, uh, shoot a grenade, shoot homing missiles, summon spider bots that go find enemies and explode them. So mm -hmm. you have all these things that kind of work together. Um, and the game is it, is, it can be difficult. And I'm not saying that my rocket launcher is a god mode because there's certain, like, bosses that are really difficult to play through. Um but it does a pretty good job of getting you back into the action. Uh, so it, it's much like what I was saying with Death's Door, that eventually you kind of start to you, you start to learn patterns better. And they incentivize you to use different weapons, use different abilities, because uh, some abilities might be good. There's a, a ship that kind of like flies around uh, that I was having a hard time with. But I found that if I used a homing missile and a robot that shot things, uh, it could like hit it when it was up in the air pretty easily. So... Hmm. Uh, it's on Game Pass. It's free. I probably put ten hours into it already, and I and looking at like the chapters, I'm probably a little bit over halfway through it. Um, okay. So I think there's a lot of gameplay there, and this is the perfect example of a game I'm enjoying that I would not have played if I had to if buy it. Were not it. On Game Pass, because I mean, you look at the reviews. I think it's like Metacritic is like a little bit under a seven, so it's not like great. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, it's new, it's fun, and, and I, I think it is that kind of addictive game that just keeps you, keeps you playing through it, and um, uh, I, I, I would recommend it if you have Game Pass. Sure. Can we briefly talk about Nier Reincarnation? Sure. So, uh, the next chapter of the Nier series is finally here on mobile <laughs> devices in the pockets of Americans everywhere and across the globe, and I've been playing it. Justin, I know you've been playing it. Uh, what what do you think of Near Reincarnation? It's fine. I mean, like, I feel like it, I've known about this game forever, but now it, now that it's finally 
gone live. What do you think of it? So it's like Genshin Impact, except it's not as fun to play. Yeah, it's so. Let, let me get, let me break down like how that game actually works. You play as this unnamed little girl running around this uh, like desert area called the Cage, um, accompanied by a tiny little ghost named Mama, and you run around and you find these like infected areas. And you cleanse them, and when you are cleansing them, you hear this story, like these different little two, three-minute stories, and uh, they, there's like it's there's turn-based-ish combat uh, in those stories, and then once you beat the enemies, you move on to the next one, and it, there's like gotcha elements where like the characters that you have and the weapons that they have and abilities that they have uh, are are gotten through, like you know, gachapon sort of uh, pay, not pay to win. Cause it's randomized, but th- that sort of element and I'm, I'm enjoying it so far, but I, I, I have a fear about it that I want to get into in a minute here. But, but what do you sort of think about it? Uh, it, the, <sighs> there's potential in a game like this, I think. Uh, and I, I think when I'm looking at these, like kind of like the, loot box driven games uh yeah that that you can play on your phone like this is a genre of game the reason i enjoyed genshin impact so much is because i felt like the getting from point a to point b was actually fun it was like playing breath of the wild you were like exploring things you could go wherever you want you could kind of just you know do like sub quests and stuff in the world explore the world and still feel like you're doing something even when you're not this one it just feels like almost a chore to get from one combat encounter to the next mm-hmm. and it's almost like you're just kind of playing a game of menus rather than actually playing a game and yeah. that, that's generally what these kind of like uh, uh pay to play games are like that they are just kind of like menus and numbers and systems and stuff that you're doing to get a good team together or something like that but it's just not necessarily fun to play moment to moment but i mm-hmm. like everything around it and the story is intriguing enough that's the thing to my understanding, people... Do you know what, like, weapon stories in the Nier games are? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, when... If, if you're not familiar, listener, when you get a weapon, like, as you level the weapon up and upgrade it and stuff, more pieces of the story about where this weapon came from get unlocked. And usually they're pretty, like, interesting and unique and stuff like that. And that's sort of what the these tiny little stories that you learn about in the actual, like, the world sort of remind me of. These sort of discreet weapon stories about like, oh, this weapon was used by this this hunter and her sister. And then what happens to the hunter and the sister? Oh, then this happens to them and they met up with these people who you remember from this last story and, and all that sort of stuff. And so like the way it connects is kind of neat and fun. Um it's just that the gameplay is fine. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. very well, it, fine. It's hard to call a gameplay because it's just tapping something that lights up in order yeah. to do damage. And then maybe before that battle, picking like the right weapon that has the right like weakness or strength against the, the enemy and stuff. So that's what I mean. It's like I was playing a game of menus because I'm not right. like I it's not that I'm pressing a quick enough and that's why I'm good. It's that I'm pressing a when it's lit up because I have the right level and I have the right uh affinity and i have to write all that stuff yeah. kind of on it that that is where the gameplay is um, i think a very telling part of that too is in the corner when you are in a battle you can select auto which just whenever those abilities have, have charged up just activates them so you don't really even need to like 
play. touch it or like interact with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think every other part of it, like, I mean, the music is very near and I get a kick out of that. Um, like the aesthetic is very near and, and the storytelling is in a similar way, very like weird, but I'm enjoying it. I, I've put like two hours, three hours into it so far, so... Yeah, there, there's like basically three styles of gameplay. You have the open world aspect, and I'm going to say open world with quotes because it's really just moving from a encounter to encounter. Yeah, like a yeah. hallway. That Again, you can do auto with that too, so you don't actually have to control it. Um, and then there's like some like light, light puzzles that you have to do with that about like pressing switches to get through mm-hmm. waterfalls or whatever. Um, and then there is the, the card character combat game in which you put your deck together which are your characters that have you know uh main weapons sub weapons other kind of unlockable unlockables to make your character stronger and then your third thing is like the actual stories are like these 2d really cool art style yeah they're like if you remember in i think the last harry potter movie when they're doing like this <laughs> yeah they're reading this like book the book about the definitely the definitely hallows um it's kind of like animated like that, which is, I don't know, cool to me. Yeah, it loosely reminds me of um, either the kind of like scrolling things from Wind Waker, like when they yeah. were like the little like storyboard, like almost like hieroglyphs or whatever. Uh, and the other one, it kind of reminds me of a little bit, um, w- except it's not in 3D, would be how Resident Evil Village has that cool kind of yes, like storybook right thing. Yeah. Yeah. The 2D things are really interesting, and that's where like the weapon stories come into into play. Because at least now, and we're I think we're at a similar spot. The n- weapons narratives are based around these three characters. You mm-hmm. have uh, a little uh, a little boy prince. You have yeah. a girl hunter uh, mm-hmm. who has a fake arm and leg. And then you have a clockwork soldier who's kind of like this Western-looking dude. He looks like he should be from uh, the uh, Stephen King book, um, The da, Dark da, Tower. Da, da. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the each of these weapon stories is kind of going through a different period of, of them. Like, the first... The first story you're introduced to um, is this bounty hunter who's, like, filling a bounty. I think that's the first one, right? Or is it the man and the boy? It's the man and the boy. The man and the boy, they go into the town. Yeah, they go into a town, and then there's, like, hints about him being a prince, and you're like, oh, but he's no longer a prince. Well, like, four stories later, you found out how he went from being a prince to not being a prince. Yeah. Just kind of interesting how how there is a clear narrative that's be, that's holding it together. And it's just enough that I love the way that that the near games like tell their stories, that it's just keeping me interested to want to play it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't help that these games are uh, addictive by nature. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, It's interesting. I'm not really a phone game person, so it's, I'm surprised that I'm like I've played it as much as I have. But I just think that there's enough going for it in terms of like the story and its presentation that I'm actually pretty interested in it. But yeah, yeah, and uh, it doesn't have not have backbone support, unfortunately. Oof. So I, I, mean, I guess it makes sense. It's, yeah, it's, it's mostly just like touch based. Tap tap tap. Tap 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 tap. Halo Infinite is a game I've been playing and it's pretty good. Can you believe it? I can't. The the Halo Infinite. How do they even go? It's not beta, it's but it's like a technical demo. Technical preview, yes, uh, is available. Have, did you sign up? Did you? Are, are you in? I signed up. I'm not in. I'm just not cool enough. It must have been like the the PlayStation queue when they looked at me. They're like, dude, you've you've been radio. Si- you, the last Halo you played uh, was 
Halo 4. You didn't play Halo 5, you loser. That's what they were t- telling me. Oh, God. Well, I didn't either, but oh. they... But they saw, like, you've played through the Halo Master Chief Collection nine times? You got the platinum on uh, (laughs) uh, Titanfall 2. Oh, wait, that wasn't a platinum. I did not, no. Not on Xbox, no. I just got that last achievement, and it was, like, very anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, hey, Justin, it's it's good. Like, really good. All right, talk to me about the process. What what was the email like? What was, what what, uh, game modes are open that kind of thing yeah okay so i'll say this it's very bare right now uh which is not surprising it's meant to be bare basically like i signed up during e3 when they announced like hey you know you can sign up for this assuming that you know probably won't get this but uh just got an email saying hey check back um we're gonna send you another email later in the week and it's gonna detail everything on how to download this and everything so i had to download like a new app on the xbox and then through that I was able to access the Halo. It's like the Halo Insider app or something like that. And um, in it, it is, it's only multiplayer modes. You can buy the Battle Pass right now, but luckily, when you, I believe when you start the game, it gives you enough credits to just buy the Battle Pass outright. So I did that because I was like, you know, I'm going to sink some te- some, sink some time into this already. Like, I know. And when it comes out, I assume all of that progress is going to carry over. Uh, that's actually really cool. So they basically give you a free Battle Pass? Yes. So, that's like, cool. you... you don't have to pay any i don't even think you can pay money for any of the points right now but i have some just by playing the game and i think you start off with a thousand or two thousand or something like that um and then it's just it's all multiplayer matches against in teams of four against teams of four bots so it is it is not true multiplayer it is just sort of getting a hang of things and so when it started out there was just one map and then yesterday there were two and then last night they put in a third map uh, and they are really good. The weapons feel really cool and really interesting, some more than others. Um, and they're also, they, they cycle in, there are regular bots, and then there are ODST bots, which, if you've played Halo, ODSTs, they're the um, <laughs> orbital orbital dropship troopers. They're the, like, badass marines. Uh, they're, they're, they, they had a whole game to them. So ODST. Yep. And... Uh, so the, so they are the bots are much smarter and much more like I mean they don't get stuck on the walls or anything like that anymore like or, or like they will kill you they will definitely kill you um and then they are going to be releasing I think today or tomorrow uh Spartan bots which are like the really good ones so it's fun it's fast uh the, I feel like my problem with Halo was that like you know those games are kind of slow like especially now when looking back at them they're just a little bit slower because there was no like sprint or anything like that. And there is a sprint in this, but it's not like other games that had sprint. It was like kind of distracting because it was it, like, that's not really a, has not really been a part of halo in the past, but with this, the sprint is like 0.2% faster than walking. So it's not even really that much, um, but it's, it's quite good. I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, a couple questions. Is there yeah. like how much, how in past Halo multiplayers, right? Like, what is actually different between this and, like, past ones that you've played? Um, so, like... It, well, let me say this. It's hard to say right now because there's only one game mode and it's just Team Deathmatch, which is called Slayer. Uh, so it, it's hard to say about, like, if... what sort of game modes are going to be supported. But... Um, it is just, it is fresh because it's taking the things that have worked about past Halo games. To, like, Time to Kill is 
high when compared to games like Call of Duty, where like if you don't get the drop on someone, like you're dead. Whereas with Halo, like if someone gets the drop on you, you still have the opportunity to turn around and and get them right. Um, but it's it's faster because you can move a little bit faster. You can slide. In a, like sort of like in Apex, you can climb over things like in a lot of other first-person shooters and stuff. Um, so it, it's just taking like the core of what Halo is and breathing a little bit of fresh life into it in a way that's kind of like, oh, this is unique because it's not the same as all other shooters are right now. But it's also like taking some of those ideas about what people like about those and, and bringing them to Halo. I think, uh, have you played a lot of Destiny or Destiny 2 multiplayer Crucible? Nope, never touched them. Um, One thing I really like about those um, is that it is such like a quicker experience. And I think, again, one of the things that that is good about Destiny is that it controls so damn well. Obviously, it's made by, you know, bungees. (laughs) So, like, like they they know how to make a good shooter. Um, But, like, I, I really do like how you get to choose your loadout beforehand. And I know this is like a sticking point with a lot of the Halo games that you don't choose a loadout. You like go to that area. Um, But like you can choose a loadout in Destiny, but in a lot of game modes, they kind of like balance everyone's weapons. So even if your power level is way higher than someone else, they kind of like bring it down. So Mm -hmm. it's still like fair, even though your weapons are different and what their weapons do are different. It still feels like it's kind of fair. Do you feel like this game is hurt by the fact that there are not pre um, loadout, like you can't choose your loadout beforehand? Um, no, because it means that everyone's on the same playing field and um, it, it really makes you think because your default weapons like every time you go and fight someone, you assume that they have exactly what you have, but then Oh, you picked up a shotgun. So now you're like, okay, I'm going to show you what's up. I have a shotgun. You're not going to expect this. Here come here I pull out my shotgun. It's like, "Oh, but you have a plasma pistol or whatever." Like it it, it makes you have to like route and reroute in your head about how to go about dealing with things in a way that I think is kind of interesting whereas like in Call of Duty or Apex or whatever, it's kind of like, "I have no clue what this person's going to have." This new halo game is kind of that way because again like they could have anything if you think about it but you sort of assume like there's a base level like okay they probably have at least maybe an assault rifle and something else or they have a pistol and something else so like what could it be that they actually have does that make sense Uh, yo yeah yeah. Uh, i was also um watching um like a couple of uh people commentate over some of the matches and they were talking about um how you have your power-ups that you normally find around the map, like your invisibility yes. and stuff, uh, yeah. and that they you you choose when to activate them. Can you talk about that and how that was? Yeah, so it's kind of cool. Like, so there are your traditional Halo things. You got like invisibility, like a, a, what is active camo and mm-hmm. like overshield, uh, and then there are other things as well. So you can grab, and I think these were in like the other Halo games in the later ones. Um, you can grab like this little thing that makes a, you know, five foot by five foot square shield one's going one side. Um, so you just, you throw that on the ground, it pops right up. Uh, there's one that is 
a three time use grapple hook, which is was in the trailers for it all over the place. And that is like insanely fun to use. Uh, just it opens the movement up in a whole sort of new way. But the cool thing about those abilities, particularly the overshield and the uh, active camo, is you grab them and then you can either use them right away or you can hold on to them until you're ready to use them, uh, which is helpful because I don't know, maybe you don't need that overshield right now. You, like if you're not fighting anyone, then having it be sort of depleting the entire time is sort of pointless if you're not like in the thick of it. But you also have to say, okay, well, you, it doesn't just like you don't just click the button and it turns on. There's like a little animation where you can't shoot while you're turning it on. So are you going to use it before you get into a fight? Or are you going to try and use it while you're in a fight? It adds just to, like a lot of strategy to something that didn't have it at all before. Um, I, and my last question: You yeah. said that it's surprisingly good. Um, when you say surprisingly, like, is it because of the preview cycle of, of Halo Infinite, the, the kind of like narrative that went around it, or is it like compared to other Halo games, just actually really good? Uh, compared to other Halo games. Cause I think like Halo Reach, I, I put a crazy amount of time in a Halo Reach and then like I played Halo 4 and it wasn't, it just wasn't good. And I started Halo 5 and it also just didn't, it just didn't feel very good. And I just have not been a fan of the, like the work 343 has really done with the series. And so playing a game, playing Halo Infinite's multiplayer and being like, this feels like old Halo. This doesn't feel like the, the new ways that they tried to innovate. And I get that like, that is a hard, a tricky task being handed to them. Of like, hey, make Halo. <laughs> like the most iconic shooter series ever. That's hard. Especially because what Halo is versus what is like modern and new is like very different. You know, you're not aiming down your sights. You're not, um, there's not sprinting and, and the time to kill is high and, and all sorts of stuff. In, in a way that like those other really successful modern shooters are. Um so like it, I understand it's a tough task. I just don't think that they nailed it particularly gracefully. But this, the reason I say surprising is because of that, and then also because like it just seemed like this game was maybe in trouble. And I think yeah. we said on the show before that like Halo Infinite is going to be the entry that sort of defines whether or not we stick with the series in in a meaningful way. And so far, three maps of the multiplayer has I've played it maybe four or five hours. Like I am really enjoying my time with it there. So. If the campaign's not so great, but it feels great to play, then yeah, I'm probably gonna stick with that at least for the time being. So, speaking of the campaign, did you hear about the uh, files that were the in, leaks? Yeah, the leaks that came out. Yeah, I, so I haven't looked at them because I'm not that I'm like not trying to get spoiled for the story of Halo, as if that's something that is <laughs> like I'm sitting on the edge. Yeah, of my I just seat need context, for. man. <laughs> right, but like I, I uh, yes, I saw that that is that was in there. Um, it sucks because as we've sort of discussed before, like just this culture of like leaks and like data mining and whatever. I don't know. Like I, I am, I prefer to experience things in the way that the creators want me to experience them because they have a vision in mind. Um, but yes, I, I did hear. Did you did you look at the spoilers at all? No, I didn't look at it. Um, but like I saw like one of the I, I don't know exactly what his role is at uh, Halo uh, at three four three. Sorry, uh, but uh, Joseph uh, Staten uh, tweeted about it, um, and like I just think it's it's like one of those things where you know people are like, oh, you can be more care- be more careful about the files that you send out, but also like a video game is so like 
complicated, complicated. to like separate and everything. And I, it just seems like people just do this stuff for clicks rather than they do it. Like it doesn't help the game at all. Literally, it it makes its life much worse. Yeah, I mean, um, like, like think about. I, I know we talk about this game fucking all the time. Think about The Last of Us Part Two. If those leaks didn't happen, I think it might have been received in a different way. Yeah, and j- just because people got to experience the story in the way that it was meant to be experienced, and not like just in the fucking text dump. Anyway, speaking <laughs> speaking of The Last of Us, hey, let's talk about this. So the show has reportedly. Um, has a big budget. <laughs> so this is um, Lauren Masuda at Collider.com. This is her article titled HBO's The Last of Us TV series may be among the most expensive shows ever made. It reads the highly anticipated HBO show The Last of Us adapted from the popular video game series will reportedly exceed $10 million per episode. According to a local Alberta site, CTV News, the series budget is rumored to be in the hundreds of millions, which places the series uh, high on the list of most expensive expensive television shows ever made among fellow HBO shows such as Game of Thrones and The Pacific. Uh, what do you what do you make of this? I, I'm hopeful. Uh, I think from the beginning of this this uh, when HBO was the one who decided to to make an a uh, uh, Last of Us TV show that's like perfect. Yep. Like this, it's not a movie. You're not you're not gonna have to rush and condense things into either a very brisk and and not deep hour and a half or very long and drawn out three hour movie. Um, I really feel like that this has all the makings of being a fantastic show. And if we're using game of Thrones and comparing the budget of game of Thrones and how um, this is potentially going to cost more money than the last season of game of Thrones, like, and they're putting the money in it to make it look great. Uh, they got the actors in there to make it great. I'm super hopeful for this. Yeah, I am too. I, I saw there are some like set images. I don't know if they leaked or they're official, but like they had um, the all the cars on the highway trying to get out of the city, and and they they showed off some of the like the locations, just like some storefronts of of some different places, and like damn, this show looks good. I mean, like it doesn't look good because there's nothing about it yet, but like I am. I am hopeful that this is going to be a good video game adaptation because uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of those. I think TV is maybe more fitting to do those. Uh, you look at like the Witcher series, which is not technically a video game adaptation because it's more, it, I mean, it's adaptation of the book, but I have to imagine that the people who made that show probably are familiar with those video games as well. Oh, you yeah, know? And, and I mean, the Witcher video games are what made the Witcher a thing. <laughs> right, I mean, they were just like, you know, Polish books, but they they sort of exploded in like nerd popularity based on you know those games and and like all the like henry cavill is a big fan of the games i know i don't know about the other actors but i'm not super familiar with like their lives i guess um come on man yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i'll also hear something so this is from (laughs) uh uh, Lethbridge News Now, which is your, you know, everyday one-stop shop for all news in Lethbridge, which is, I believe, in Canada. Um, <laughs> so this is in an article titled, Kenny Touts Alberta's Culture of Resilience as Economy Rebounds. This is by David Opinko, uh, again, from <laughs> Lethbridge News. Jeez, that's uh, the a, reason that's a was, terrible title. <laughs> uh, the, the reason this was shared was because of, uh, there's like a Twitter account for like Last of a Show Leaks or something like that. 
uh, and, and this was the source for something that they had said. And, and I think this is interesting. So this is in a, a larger article talking about like, you know, despite the coronavirus happening, all sorts of industries in uh, Canada are uh, booming. So it, it says this, uh, even the film and TV sector is thriving as filming for the new HBO series based on the video game. The last of us started this summer in Southern Alberta. Kenny has been told that HBO will be spending upwards of $200 million per year on the project, which could last as many as eight seasons. Now, I don't know if that is, I, I don't know if, if saying could last as many eight seasons is them saying that like someone has told them, hey, this is going to potentially go on for eight seasons, or if they're saying like $200 million is a lot of money that could last for eight seasons if you look at how much like the budgets for other shows are. But what do you, like let's say it is going to be eight seasons. What do you think of that? Because I don't maybe love that, but we'll get into why in a second. I think it depends. I I, I think... I'm going to use Game of Thrones as a good example for this because I think Game of Thrones, uh, the beginning of it was so good because they stuck to the source material and they went about it at a pace that was good for developing characters, which is important. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you get to like the middle parts, like seasons four, five, and kind of six, where they start to go a little bit off of the origin of, of the source material um, but their budget also rose. And I think, like, the middle part of Game of Thrones is, like, the best the okay. TV show is. Then you get to the last part when they lose, they don't have the, the source material anymore because it's not been written yet. Will it ever be written? Goodness only knows. And that's where things like the, the pacing, the character development, everything like that just kind of left, right? Mm-hmm. And by the time we get to the end of Game of Thrones, it just felt like, they they needed to finish it because I don't know why. They, they're just rushing through it. They just needed to yeah. get to the end of it rather than actually developing the story. Now, there's so much that you could talk about and do in the Game of Thrones. Sorry, the Last of Us world, right? Like between right. Last of Us 1, Last of Us Part 2, a lot of time is there is spent um, in those uh, stories. A lot of things you could do. I mean, Last of Us Part 2 is like a 30-hour game. Last of Us 1 is like a 12, 15-hour game, right? Right. So like that's a lot of material to get through. If it lasts eight seasons because they're taking their time with these individual stories, really focusing on character development and doing that kind of stuff, it it could be good. I worry that if they start to go so far off of the actual game that they just start to like get filler season stuff in there rather than just telling the last of a story. And I don't know. I guess my, my question to you is, do you want them to go kind of scene by scene or do you want them to go off book um i think i think this tv show should be an interpretation of the game and because if it's just beat for beat the same thing because i mean the last of us they wrote it like it's a script i mean it, it is like a film uh and and it could all of its cutscenes could be stitched together and you could you'd basically get the story you know what i mean uh, so do I think that it should just be beat for beat the same thing? No, I think an interpretation is, could be cool because I, I don't even think it needs to follow like a lot of the same store. I think, I, I think that if you have a good dynamic between Joel and Ellie and 
those changes that they go through together in, from being these two people who are just like annoyed with each other and like getting a job done to being like, we are a family. Like that dynamic I think is really interesting. And that's the thing I think you should be faithful to. But like everything else that happens with that, to me, that's just details, you know, like it, it really is. So does it need to be beat for beat the same? No. Does it need to be eight seasons? If it were eight seasons, that, that would make me nervous because I think like you look at something like The Walking Dead or, or any other show that just goes on for so long and it feels like it's meandering like there's no end in sight and it's just being made to be made. And like, I like I can't really get down with that. I like things that have a concise beginning, middle and end to them as opposed to just sort of like just me and meandering. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, one of the first shows I ever remember binging was, um, uh, breaking bad. That's one of the yeah. first I started binging like seasons one. I, I, I watched every season binged except for the last one. And I'm glad I, mm-hmm. I watched that one week to week. Cause that was awesome. But, um, I, then I started to like binge other shows. Like I got HBO or showtime sort of binging Dexter and it felt like they had so many filler episodes in Dexter yeah. that were just kind of like not great. And it was just became such like a, a weekly show almost rather than it being like a story that we need to tell. Like we need mm-hmm. to fill 23 episodes rather than we need to tell this story. And I, I feel like if their mindset is we need to get eight seasons out of this rather than we have an eight season story to tell. Yes. Like that's where the difference is going to be. Eight seasons is great if you have eight seasons planned but if you're just doing it because you think it's going to make a lot of money and be successful for eight seasons and be your big tentpole tv show for eight seasons that's probably not going to get you the best results right i um and what's cool too is i think that they do have like additional things to work on and additional things to put in there like you know you throw in the left behind dlc with ellie and um Who's the girl? Do you know what I'm talking about? The left behind? I don't know her name. Okay. Ellie and and that girl that she's with. And then there's a comic book which talks about how they met, which is called uh, American Dreams. And, like, that sort of stuff is interesting. Like, that comic book shows you where she gets her knife and which she gets from her mom and and how she knows uh, the fireflies and and all that sort of stuff. So, like, those things could be included and, and, you know, that's an episode or, or that's an episode or two little arc, but, uh, yeah, eight seasons seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and to be clear, uh, her name's Riley. Just looked it up. That's it. Riley. Yes. All right. So, um, this might be, uh, p- potential speculation spoilers okay. for either the series or for the last of us part one, I guess I'm not going to like go into too many details, but according to IMDb, in this six-episode series, season of The Last of Us. It's only six episodes? At least that's what IMDb says that they have them okay. for. Um, you have Joel. These yep. are the characters that are in there, not their actors. You have Joel. You have Frank. You have Marlene. You have Tommy. You have Bill. You have Perry. I don't know who Perry is. Who's Frank? I don't know who Frank or Perry is. Uh, you have Ellie, you have yep. Tess, and you have Sarah as the characters in it. Okay. So Which, that sounds like 
pretty much that cast that right show. And, and it's that game yeah it seems like that will take you to bill's town through yeah, there, there uh, in season one are there other I'm trying to think who else who else is in it um yeah you have uh the what is the name of the uh the tommy's wife brother the brother tommy no, 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 the the brother and his his like the two brothers that you meet. Oh, 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 um, Sam and yep. the yeah, okay, yeah, they sure. don't seem to be yeah. mentioned. The actual uh, uh, Tommy and uh, the settlement in Jackson, like I don't think mm-hmm. we we that doesn't look like that is going to be one of the areas that they talk about. Um, but definitely, we don't have anything with um, who's that creepy guy. Oh, uh, uh, Nolan North's character. Yeah. David. Yeah, David. No David mention of David. So just based on that, like, I six episodes doesn't seem like a crazy amount to get through that much plot. Right. Um, and if it's going to be eight seasons, four seasons for the first game, four seasons for the second game, and then mix, mixing between, I think it's mm-hmm. doable. Um, but again, this is just this is IMDb just looking at like potential like I'm sure right, they're going right, to fill right. out the, the plot and stuff. But still, I'm interested. I think they're going to do good things with it. HBO and Neil Druckmann is attached to this. I'm going to watch it day one. HBO oh, Max. Are, are you kidding me? Yes, we're like we're going to talk about it on this show. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am looking forward to it because it, it just it seems like one of those things. that's like this seems like a good video game adaptation and who knows what will come of it from there but we're gonna we're gonna see i just can't wait for 2022 i don't know about you all right justin so freaking horizon forbidden west reports suggest that it has been delayed there was an article on bloomberg about it which that's a pretty credible source in terms of these sorts of things you know how I feel about people just saying things and being like, just trust me on this. But, you know, we said this off uh, when we weren't recording, like if Bloomberg is going to report on it, like it's not just a hunch. Like that's tr- typically going to be a, a, a site that is like this. This appears to be accurate. Yeah, so they, w- it looks they wouldn't like- publish it just off a of conjecture, like unless correct, it was like correct. something that they were confident in. And then there was also uh, Jeffrey Grubb, who uh, does other media and is an insider, uh, mentioned too that this was potentially going to be a delay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, apparently it's, it's been it's been bumped to Q1 2022 uh, thoughts, feelings. I'm kind of like, y- yeah, that makes sense. I. I'm going to be honest. The thing that makes me concerned is not that it's being delayed is not that, you know, it needs to be out this year. It's that this seems odd that outside sources are publishing about a delay and Sony hasn't announced a delay. Right. That, I mean, that seems like an issue probably with, with Sony, like it Mm -hmm. seems like they don't want to announce it because they're worried that their stocks are going to go down. It seems like, if they made this decision already, which the report said they did, why not just why let us not know? tell us? Yeah, like why do we have to wait to get this announcement? Like that—that that just I, if we're thinking about like red flags, like that's a caution flag for me. Like something, something's yeah. going on here. 
they're, they're, I maybe they, these reports are not quite correct or or what or um, maybe Sony is just not showing their car, like, which doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I know what you mean. Um, in, in terms of this game not coming out this year, to me. Do you remember when they were like, hey, God of War has been delayed to 2022 and everyone was like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, th this game sort of also falls under that same category, not necessarily because it is in the same spot as God of War, because I mean, like we've seen what this game looks like. There, there are trailers for this game, like with actual gameplay in them and stuff, as opposed to God of War, which is just like we don't even know the fucking title for. Um, so it makes sense. So it, it's a little bit less obvious that this delay is happening but i do think that this delay makes sense to me but i also don't think i mean when i saw these reports coming out like a lot of people are like 2021 horrible year for video games which i mean i know you and i feel a little bit differently on but i still think this is a pretty strong year for games uh like just looking at the list of things we've talked about on the show and, and individually played like i don't know i think that there are some super strong video games that have come out this year that also horizon forbidden west if that's the only strong game you could think of for 2021 that would also make this year not a good year for games in the minds of those people you know what i'm saying oh absolutely i and to be clear th there are good games that came out this year this is not just like there's not like the all-time game for me that came out this year yet. yeah like yes. when, when i'm talking about this being like a disappointing like 2021 is is not as good as 2020 right that doesn't mean they're not good games i just right. don't have 10 pull games that 20 years from now i'm gonna look back and like uh, i remember playing uh, the medium every day i remember Such playing good, the medium for the very first time yeah yeah just all I mean, my disappointment 2021 uh, scale is is it better than the medium which that's not <laughs> no. like that's not a, a ringing endorsement for the top tier version of games but they're still good games don't get me wrong yes to clarify halo infinite multiplayer uh, technical preview better than the medium but um mm. yes yeah, so, so looking forward to 2022 though shit man <laughs> that's if if everything that has been announced to be coming in 2022 comes in 2022 like damn holy shit holy shit uh, holy shit we're yeah, not just talking ahead. like one of the the best you know years in a while this is like could be best all time man so let me let me just run through the list of games we have on here so we have horizon forbidden uh west obviously as said before elden ring pokemon legends arceus stalker 2 starfield a plague tale requiem a plague tale requiem excuse me avatar frontiers of pandora forspoken ghostwire tokyo god of war sequel gotham knights gran turismo 7 hogwarts legacy homeworld 3 legend of zelda breath of the wild 2 mario and rabbits uh whatever that game was called 2 uh redfall prince of persia sands of time remake Tr uh, triangle pro Project Triangle Strategy, Splatoon 3, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins. Yeah. Was that? Whatever yeah. that is, yeah. Um, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, uh, and more. <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm sure I'm, we missed something there or something yes. else got delayed that we forgot to update that list with. But that's insane, right? I mean, like, that is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, also, like adding to the, the thing too that we know about a couple of these big nintendo games that are coming out but they usually keep surprising us with stuff here and there like you know like like yeah. there's still big games that we could be surprised about from nintendo alone um 
Yeah, we got it's nuts, man. That's that's a that is a year. There's so many. I, I just look at these. These this is a year of a lot of Justin ass Justin games, and yeah. I don't know when I'm gonna be able to play all of them. Do you? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm right because like there's gonna be a few months <laughs> that I, I, I assume that are gonna be coming out and, and taking up some time. Yeah, Homeworld uh, three. That's a commitment. I know that you uh, you're such a homeworld head as they yeah. call you yeah. uh, in the in the fandom but on all the forums but like comparing 2022 to years past we have a list here of of some of the best games of the year basically going from 2020 to 1997 and just about every single year there are a handful of like really solid banger titles but like where what do you think um looking at these games where do you think 2022 will fall? Let's say all of these games come out and are received as well as we think they will be. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go say it. I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna be big. I'm gonna say yeah. best year games all time. 2020, really? Yeah. I am. I'm gonna say it. Wow. Okay. That uh, that's it. that is quite the. Uh, that's Quite a statement. statement that is a yeah. statement. And like uh, the reason before before we prove me wrong, um, and notice I said we prove me wrong because I definitely will will talk out of both <laughs> sides of my mouth here. Um, a couple of these games, like alone, like have a chance of being potentially like some of my favorite games of all time. Um, I think uh, I which I'm ones? Looking, yeah, Starfield. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think that could be an awesome game. It could be. I think Breath of the Wild two could be an awesome game. I think anyone who just says like, Oh, breath of the wild just gets the Nintendo tax. I think breath of the wild two could, f- could prove them wrong that it's breath yeah. of the wild is an awesome game. God of war. One of my favorite games of all time. God of war, 2018, getting it to play that again, like a better version of it, following that story, more of that gameplay. That could be awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked plague tale. I think a sequel to plague tale, plague tale requiem could be, the jump from a, a good first attempt to a awesome sequel kind of territory. Like they could make that jump to being an awesome game. Yeah. Um, I still have like faith that uh, things like, um, and I guess like th- this is dependent on some of these games that are on this list are actually good games. Like, I don't know if avatar could be a good game or not. Maybe, maybe, right. Um, uh, maybe Gotham Knights is okay. You're right. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. I mean, you would assume that one of those games has to hit yeah. pr- pretty well. So, yeah. like, you're looking at these, and you're looking at these are a lot of games I would play, and even if most of these turn out to be uh, sevens or eights, if I have enough mm-hmm. seven or eights that I are my up my alley that I like to play, not even counting a bunch of these indie games that uh, I don't even know about yet that could come right. out and surprise us all. Like, these are just, like, triple-A tentpole games here that we're talking about. Like, this has a pot- potential for me and my gaming prime to be the happiest I've ever been at the end of a year. My bank account might disagree. I was gonna say this is gonna cost this year's twenty twenty two is gonna cost me a lot of money. I forgot who tweeted um, about something uh, about saying how uh, uh, to you know look out for those those uh, reviews editors in twenty twenty two. It's gonna be a rough one for you. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's pretty crazy, and I'm gonna imagine that like 
this isn't going to be like I said before, like, oh, you know, maybe we'll get, you know, X amount a month, but it's not going to be spaced out like that. No. Like, it's not going to be like, you, you know, it's going to be like, oh, there's eight games in uh, November. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, there yeah. always is that like push uh, at, at the end of the year. But like, yeah, this is this is pretty busted and wild. Do you like what on here do you think is is going to be a potential miss for you? Because like. I think Elden Ring has the p- potential to be something that I either really like or really don't like. I've sort of decided that I think I don't like Souls games anymore. <laughs> like, I just think that it, I, I don't like being frustrated. And I, I get that, like, that people love to talk about, like, oh, there's so much more to them than that. And, like, yeah, there is. But, like, at the end of the day, if I can't play it because it's too hard, then, like, that's all it is to me. It's just a game that was not accessible. Yeah, I think uh, I think that game is going to be a good game. Will it be mm-hmm. a game that I th- think is one of my top games of all time? I don't. I, I it would be hard for me to bet on a Souls game like that to, to yeah. say that. Um, but that doesn't. I, I don't think that that takes away from the potential of it being a, a important game. If that makes sense. Let me say this. Like Sekiro, I think that this game has the potential to be my favorite from software game. And the reason I say like Sekiro is because like before that game came out, like looking at the trailers and stuff, it was like, oh, this is changing things up in a way that is like not just going to be a more Dark Souls. And while this seems to, while Elden Ring seems to be a return to that formula a little bit more than your Sekiro, it seems like there's enough new stuff going on that it might be able to grab me in a way that it, uh, the other ones used to but now very much do not yeah make I, sense? I, I totally agree with that and much like i mean sekiro is a lot of people's game of the years in what 2019 yeah that's by far if you're putting all the souls games by each other that would be probably near the bottom of my list of things i want to play again only sure. furthered by dark souls 2 because that game is made for people who love pain <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's not uh, a fun. It's not um, one of my top games to ever yeah. want to play again. <laughs> I and that's the reason why like recently I saw, oh okay, uh the Demon Souls remake is thirty dollars. I was like it's gonna be thirty dollars for me to discover, like, oh right. I don't like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like not like that, but like, oh right, this was fun to, it's like the kind of game that like would be fun to play at your friend's house where you're passing the controller off between deaths. But like not the kind of thing that I want to own and like actively put a bunch of time into. Viewers, I'm not I'm not suggesting you, you binge binge drink uh, your life okay. away. But um, if you decide to do a version of that game, but you take a, like a shot every time you die, um, you first of all, three uh, minutes in, a, a, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like falling down the stairs. Like holy shit, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, thank thanks to my uh, thanks to our best friends. Uh, at Funhouse for doing that. They call it Drunk Souls. Oh, did they do that? Yeah. That sounds like a lot. It's good. It's good. It's good. Good viewing. So if you want to see some fun, but <laughs> you ever watch a, you ever watch a Dark Souls speed run? Oh, those are freaking awesome. I, I'm a big fan of the second row ones because like the people who run those games have talked about like not not saying that there is that like the Dark Souls speedruns are easy by any means because they're not. But with Sekiro, for the most time, like to beat the boss, you have to just like straight up beat the boss in the way that is intended. Uh, and there's not like, oh, you just need to find this one super overpowered weapon or whatever. Um, and again, not saying that 
Dark Souls speedruns are easy, but like those games, that's it's insane. Anyway, they they make the games look easy. Yeah, they make yeah. they make me want to go and play them. When I got my Series X, I had watched a Sekiro speedrun. I was like, yeah, that seems like fun. And then I downloaded uh, Sekiro, and it's like, oh, this isn't this is hard. Yeah, this is yeah. yeah. I beat the first boss, and I was like, and that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting. I beat Sekiro. Um, maybe I'm just going to start telling people that I beat Dark Souls. All of them. I'm just going to start telling, like, oh, yeah, I beat it. I Who's mean, your favorite boss? Uh, the third you, one. You, uh, we have recorded, that. there's recorded proof that you just said you're lying about that. What, they're going to listen to this show? Well, uh, well may, perhaps, perhaps <laughs> in the future... They're gonna like be coming back and be like, Peter told me. Hold on. <laughs> Wait Hold a on. second. Yeah. So I mean, um, d- does does yeah, sorry twenty twenty two could that be the best year of gaming for you? Uh, it could be. Maybe. There, uh, let me say it like this: There's a lot of stuff on here that I really like, but I'm also like of the opinion, as I sort of said before, that like twenty twenty one has also been a really good year of games. Um, like just for me, looking at like. All of the game. Let me let me let me take a look here at the games that I've played this year that I have really enjoyed. Um, and I know we did an episode sort of doing talking about this a few weeks ago, but I think it was before E3 actually. But um, I mean, just like off the top of my head, you have uh, Persona Five Strikers, Maquettes, um, Near Replicant, Returnal. It takes two. Resident Evil Village, Bowser's Fury. Uh, Turn Up Boy commits tax evasion. Scarlet Nexus, uh, like like all of these games, and I'm gonna enjoy like Back for Blood and and Twelve Minutes, Halo Infinite, uh, all of those types of games. Like to me, that sounds like a pretty good year in gaming. If the, if that's what what people are really really talking about, you know. Um, so does 2022 look better than than what I just mentioned? Uh, yeah, probably w- w- with the knockout like one two three punch that is god of war legend of zelda and starfield but at the end of the day like best year of all time uh perhaps (laughs) i mean it's hard it's hard to say because there are so many unknowns but i i think one of the things that makes me look at this list and think positively of it is that you know you said the turnip boy commits tax evasion i had that was not on a radar until you (laughs) told me about it right right and if Games like that pop up on 2022 on top of all this other stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that's only going to fill out the the potential for um, awesomeness uh, in in terms of what the year can be. Um, and that's without having like a full list of clarity of what's coming out uh, still. Like some of the stuff might get pushed back. God of War's uh, 2023 uh, game wouldn't be surprised about that. Nor right, would right. I, I care um, about that. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, like that could be an awesome game or it could just be could another be Harry Potter average game, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Stranger Paradise. I always already said I was, <laughs> I was sold on that game, uh, right. based on the, the demo that I played once it, it stopped corrupting my system or whatever it was. I enjoyed that. And that could be the, the action souls game that, that brings me back. Um, you know what I w- will say? Like, I'm going to assume that because it has a release date, uh, this far out starfield will come out on that date i think that that's going to be my game of the year if it just knowing what i know about the way that i like bethesda games and and all that i'm probably going to really enjoy 
Starfield, I know that like everyone loves to be like, but their games are so buggy and broken. And it's like, yeah, they always have been. Like, <laughs> Skyrim was unplayable on the PlayStation 3. That's busted. Yeah, like, yeah, like, bit. I'm not, and I'm not saying like that's excusable. I don't think that that is. But what I am saying is like, like, I don't necessarily mind bugs. And I think someone could say, aha, I caught you in my trap. And then they would play me our cyberpunk episode. But like the reason I think, and I'm sure we talked about this, the reason we didn't like cyberpunk was not because it was a buggy game. (laughs) Like the bugs didn't help. It was just for sure. Didn't help. But it's just like at the end of the day, it wasn't a very interesting game. And whereas like cyber, uh, not cyberpunk, uh, starfield, I like Bethesda games a lot. If it's buggy and if it if it has some performance issues, yes, that will hin- potentially hinder my enjoyment of it. But like at the end of the day, I think it's going to be enough to really get me there. You know what I mean? This, this I mean, this might be this might be a controversial statement. Do it. It definitely is going to be a controversial statement. Do it. Does Skyrim hold up in twenty twenty one? Are you? When you say it's a controversial statement, are you yourself saying it does not hold up? Or I don't think it are does. Are you asking? I don't think it does. Uh, probably not. And like, I, it, it, at the time, it was still an amazing game and everything like that, right? Yes. I just don't know if I'm necessarily looking at like a Bethesda game as being anything more than in that moment type of game in that year type of game i don't think that it's like necessarily something that's gonna like live forever and i have great memories of playing um skyrim of playing mm-hmm. morrowind of playing uh fallout 4 fallout 3 but i i don't know if they have the lasting appeal that i think video games have yeah i would probably agree with you uh and, and not that this now that you're statement needs a counter but like i would say that like skyrim holds up way better than oblivion does oh absolutely oh, and, and, way and better than morrowind does but Sky, skyrim the amount of places you can buy the, the amount of things that you can do with it and everything like there's so much you can do with it like it is, it is a, a popular game and everything like i'm not saying it's not a popular game i just right. think when you're playing that game it's much like when you're playing grand theft auto 5 nowadays like that game is good in spite of itself i think mm-hmm. skyrim is good in spite of itself yeah and I guess uh, when, I, when I'm looking at being Starfield, I'm not looking at that game as something that's going to revolutionize the genre. Right. I think it could I mean, be a good v- game. Well, and that's the thing. I think it really depends because I, hope, I think I you is. look, I, I think, okay, you're Bethesda. Not to compare Cyberpunk to Starfield because Starfield isn't out uh, and, and they're just two separate companies. But like, let's say I'm, Let's say Bethesda Game Studios is me. <laughs> like, I am the company. Okay, cool. Who can I be in this? I, in this? Uh, you can be Todd Howard. How's that? Cool, I'm Todd Howard. So you, yes. you're kind okay. of like my mouthpiece, right? Okay. So, like, we see, we we put, we watch the release of Cyberpunk happen and just how upset people were about the way that it performed. And then we take a look at our game, Starfield, and we're like, well, we were going to put it out next month. but maybe we should wait right uh now i don't i'm not trying to say that they like delayed their game to polish it up or anything like that or that like it's done but like i would say that 
you see just how upset people are beginning to get at broken games when they launch and that the excuse of like, oh, but it'll be good in, you know, in the, in the next patch or in the next in the, in the coming months following its release. Like people are taking that are saying that a lot less often and now just saying like, yeah, well, we're just going to forget about Cyberpunk and move on. And I don't think Bethesda wants that. So I think they're going to try and make uh, Starfield as good good as it can be and as like potentially defining as it can be because i think that like bethesda paved the way for these western role-playing games and i think that they do that the best in the way that like you know you're saying does skyrim hold up maybe not like perfectly today but i think skyrim will hold up in a way that is much better let's say than like cyberpunk or i'm trying to think of another western rpg that's not a bethesda game do you know? Do you sort of know what I mean by that? Yeah, because I think I think the the core gameplay of Skyrim is good, right? Like, and uh, the people games come out buggy all the time. Like going back yeah. to Bethesda being buggy, right? People talking about that. They can game, games get released buggy all the time, and when the bugs ruin the gameplay is when the bugs are so bad you can't play the game or you just start to harp on the bugs because the game isn't what you like <laughs> and it's not like a good game to begin with cyberpunk yeah. um going to mass effect andromeda when that came out being buggy like that didn't help the game but it also wasn't the reason why people didn't like it just because it was buggy right um and i i think that that it's going to be a good game. I think it could be a good game, but much like Outer World is not like, and I know that's technically, mm-hmm. like, where do they fall in this whole thing? But like, and They're I know obsidian. that's not like a, a Bethesda proper game, right? It is not not related to them at all. Right. So like with that game, it was a good game, but I'm not going to put that on, on a, being a, a genre defining game. Right. Yeah, uh, okay, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I think Starfield yeah. will be a game I love and play. I just don't know. I mean, I hope it's something that is a revolutionary, but I don't mm-hmm. know if it is going to be because of that. Right. Uh, I'm so excited to see. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm curious what the conversation surrounding Starfield will be because is it going to be like, is Starfield a great game? Is it going to be like, is Starfield a great Bethesda game? It, like, uh, uh, because Skyrim, you know, you, you asked if it holds up. Yes and no, in my opinion. Um, but then you get with Starfield, I think it's going to be compared a lot to Skyrim, right? I think they're going to say like, well, how does this hold up to Skyrim now? And how does it hold up to Skyrim when Skyrim came out? Uh, and, and what does it do that pushes the envelope in the way that Skyrim did? Um, so I think I think the conversations surrounding Starfield are going to be, in my opinion, quite interesting. And I'm curious about what those conversations are even going to be. And correct me if I'm wrong. What has like the Bethesda that worked on Skyrim and now Starfield, what have they released in between that? Fallout 4. Anything else since then? Um, to Google. To Google. Uh, and I, I say that because I would, I would assume this is going to be a pretty big jump from what, from those games. Yeah. I mean, just from even a technical perspective, like those games aged. Um, so, like, I, I think at the very least, that will be a, a good thing with it. But um, so uh, to clarify, so they did. Um, <laughs> okay, so Bethesda Game Studios. Here are the games that they've developed: 
2002, Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. Good game. Uh, 2004, IHRA Professional Drag Racing. 2005, Favorite game racing all games. Um, 2006, Oblivion. 2008, Fallout 3. 2011, Skyrim. 2015, Fallout Shelter, which was like the iOS and it's like not a, it's like a, it's kind of like Farmville, but Fallout. Yeah. Um, Fallout 4 also came out in 2015 as well. And then 2016 was uh, Skyrim Special Edition, which was like the jump from the yeah. 360 version of that to the you know Xbox One version, which included like mod support and all the DLC and stuff like that. Um, and then 2017 was Skyrim VR. Uh, and then <laughs> Fallout 4 VR. Oh, it's Fallout 76. How do we forget that? That game also, I think the response to that game probably made them think like okay well we need to make sure that starfield is a fucking good game before <sighs> we put out another fallout 76 right yeah yeah when did fallout 76 come out again 2018 even then like fallout 76 it looks it's like similar engine to fallout 4 so i think it's the same engine yeah I think, which so, is the same engine as skyrim i think so i'm hoping uh, have we gotten any word is it a new engine for starfield so there you go. I mean, at the at the very base of things, this has to be better than those games because of that. Maybe a little yes. rocky as we get used to the technology, but l- this is going to be a huge jump from what we're used to from Bethesda proper. And from that list of what you just said, the only real miss was Fallout 76, yet there's still people who liked it where it is now. Um, right. So I have hope for this game. I'm just, I just, I, I hope it is the next Skyrim, but... Is it going to be my game of the year? Well, not if God of War comes out. Uh, that, that, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, what, and if Breath of the Wild 2 comes out and is mind-blowing, like, I don't know. Um, you're gonna, but, it, man, don't make me make that choice, guys. If you're going to make me pick between Breath of the Wild 2 and God of War, it's going to be God of War. Huh. But, like, you're going to make me pick. I was going to say it's probably going to be God of yeah, War for easily. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but right, you're gonna make me tell my child that I don't love it. Cool, thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't have to but, make me do that. I do it already. Yeah, I know. You just, you love telling your kids how much you fucking hate them. Yeah, this got weird. It did, especially for my. To clarify if if you don't know, he doesn't have kids. No, um, no kids. I have a dog, but. And you you just love telling your dog how much you hate him, all the time. No, don't don't look at me like that, Archie. He's not even there. Oh, is that not him? No, it's a that's a stuffed um, <laughs> sheep. <laughs> It was a proper bait and switch. That was the uh, <laughs> that is the Indiana Jones golden uh, head con- classic conundrum. Uh, and if, if we're talking about the dog that may or may not be in the background, I think that we've arrived at the end of our show, Justin. Congratulations, <laughs> we've made it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Hitbox episode number 53. That's uh, another, another e- episode in another year. We are. This is yeah. opening the book of season two hitbox, and and hey, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, if you have any thoughts on the things we talked about today, whether that's the Last of Us TV show, whether that is uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer, or even talking about 2022 and Starfield and Elden Ring and God of War three and or excuse me two, which is technically five, it's kind of confusing. Any of that you want to let us know, you can tweet at us or send us a dm at hitbox pod on twitter or you can send us an email at hitbox official podcast at gmail.com justin have any final thoughts to wrap things up did i forget anything here uh yeah blue box game studios is definitely oh, working yeah, with konami 
Yeah, okay, there's, like, more stuff. I think we're going to revisit this <laughs> perhaps next week. Uh, but with, the conspiracy the continues. It certainly does. It certainly does. And um, I just keep seeming to have a bigger and bigger egg on my face. Uh, <laughs> but who knows? Perhaps they're going to release a horror game that is very much not anything Konami-related. I just but. hope it's, like, a really bad, like, 3D walking simulator. Like, it's, like, Slenderman 1 kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just, like, very, very low-poly yeah. assets. And, like, yeah. Which, hey, that, I mean, that game scared me shitless in my freshman year of high school. Um, does that... I was probably playing it during class field. your freshman year of high school. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Yeah, it checks out. One time, listener, uh, we were watching To Kill a Mockingbird in in Justin's class, and I came up to ask him to use the bathroom because you have to do that when you're in school, remember? And uh, I was like, are you playing Darksiders right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got st- so I anyway. got stuck on a part, but yeah, good game. Yeah, unimportant, but hey. Uh, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. See you later. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs>